And God was trying to get a message to Peter. Peter, it's okay for the Gentiles. It's okay to hang out with them. It's okay to eat their food. You're not unclean. You become a Christian. You're not under the law any longer. You're on the grace of God, the grace of God. I love the grace of God, the unmerited favor that God has given to each one of us individually. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Continuing our study of Acts today, Roll will outline how God dramatically confirmed to the Apostle Peter that Jesus came to die for all people. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio to see what this teaches us about being willing to set aside our emotions and personal perspectives in our dealings with others, making sure our attitudes and actions align with God's Word. Let's listen as Roll Reese begins now in Acts chapter 11. He says, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. See, at this time, Christianity was a sect. Judaism not only was a problem, a situation among the Christians, but these Jews that had been saved, they still had in their minds tradition, the law. And so they were very critical. And so when Gentiles were going to be saved, they really didn't want them to be saved. They didn't want them to come together and become one with them. But God wanted to do that because God loved them. But notice what he says here. He says, they had also received the word of God. You and I have received the word of God. God wanted the Gentiles to receive the Bible, the word of God, to hear the message. And I think it's important not only to read the Word of God. Do you get up in the morning? Do you spend time by yourself opening the Bible, reading the Bible, marking your Bible? I mean, there's 150 Psalms you can read, one a day. You can read two, one in the morning, one at night. 31 Proverbs. You can read a proverb every single day. Wisdom. If you start with Genesis, you can read three chapters, four chapters, In the evening, before you go to bed, start with the New Testament, the book of Matthew. And if you're in the old and the new, you'll go through the whole Bible in a year or less. And you're getting fed by the Word of God. Reading God's Word. And then as you read the Word of God, spend time studying God's Word. Go home, open the Scriptures, and take a piece of paper. And as you sit there looking at a Scripture or going through a chapter, The Lord will speak to you and you stop and you start marking down what God spoke to you about. Studying the Word of God. And as you study the Word of God, not only are you learning, you're maturing. You're maturing. Can people see a difference in your life in the last six months? In the last year? In the last ten years? When they talk to you, are you still that same person concerning biblical things? You can tell them about Ecclesiastes. You can tell them about Habakkuk. You can tell them about this prophet, that prophet. You can tell them about the apostles. You can tell them about Jesus. 
They ask you about a book, the book of Revelation, that great prophetical book. They'll ask you, well, what is chapter 2 and 3 about? Well, it talks about seven churches that God is going to speak to, even to the present time. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Who's the church? You and I are the church. And he tells you right off the bat. Studying God's word, when you come to Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, the main problem with that church, amazing church, but there's one problem. They've left their first love. Their love is not the way it used to be. How do I get that? By reading the word of God and studying God's word. And then the Lord speaks to me through the scriptures how I need to live by the word of God. I need to live. Then I don't live like the rest of the world. I live according to the word of God. This is what God says in his word. This is the way I want to live. A life of obedience. A life that is worth living in the kingdom of God. And then as I not only have read and studied, now as I live the word of God, then I need to do what? To be obedient to the word of God. You see, here in verse 1, the response of the part of the Jewish Christians was mixed. Should we talk to the Gentiles? Shall we let them in? Even if they're Christians, should we break that little line? Or should we be separate from the Gentiles? You know, it's striking news that the Gentiles are the house of Cornelius have received the word of God. Cornelius, his whole family, you'll see in a moment, his whole family have been saved. And you wonder about your own family. They were willing to acknowledge its truth, the word of truth, and to accept the full message of repentance, forgiveness, and salvation. The Gentiles, that's what you and I did. We acknowledged the truth, we accepted the message, we repented because we were convicted, and then God forgave us, and then we have salvation. We have been saved. But for Peter, this was not good news. That the Jews did not want to relate to the Gentiles. And then verse 3 says, And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, those of those Jews, those Jews that were born again, but they were still trying to live by the law. Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him. Those are contending against Peter. Now, the word to contend here is the word to separate, to doubt, but better, to make a difference. They were Jewish traditionalists who believe in the baptism and they believe in the law. And Peter arrives in Jerusalem, and all believers are ready to criticize Peter severely. They want to criticize him. In verse 3, he says, saying, this is what they're saying, You went into the uncircumcised, who's that? The Gentiles. You went into the Gentiles, men and ate with them. Eating with one another brought you into oneness. When you eat with somebody, you become one. You have communion. You know, we give you little cups here. You get a little piece of bread. In the hippie days, you take the bread and you all pass around the cup. Everybody drank from the same cup. If you got sick, you got sick. You know why. But I mean, you become one. 
And in that culture, in that time, they were becoming one when they would eat with each other. Eating made you not only one with each other, but what? Eating, they looked to becoming one with who? With Jesus. Coming one with Jesus. And the believers in Jerusalem were ready to take issue with Peter for entering the house of who? Of an uncircumcised man, Cornelius, not a Jew. Peter had gone far as to not only eat non-kosher food. Remember, the vision will come. And then another reason they were upset because they were afraid Peter's actions in bringing Gentiles again into the church and having fellowship with them, and yet God had broken that wall. Verse 4. But Peter explained to them. Notice he explained it to them. You notice that he's explaining to them what? In order from the beginning saying. Now, to explain, he opens the scriptures. Opening the scriptures at that time, we have our Bibles. Well, in order to read the scroll, a scroll was 30 feet long. Imagine that. To write the whole book of Acts would be a long, long scroll. But in that culture at that time, they didn't have books like this. And can you imagine here Peter explaining to them? In order to begin, he's saying, you guys, this is what it was. Verse 5, I was in the city of Joppa praying. He wants them to understand. Praying. And in a trance, I saw a vision. Now, again, here's Peter praying, and all of a sudden he has a vision. He's not asleep. And he says, what? And in a trance, I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet, led down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. Imagine that. Here's Peter praying, and all of a sudden, this sheet is coming down where he was. And then he says, And when I observed it intently, and consider, I saw four-footed animals on the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. Can you imagine that? I mean, this coming down from heaven. Peter sitting there and looking at this whole situation. Lord, why are you showing me this whole vision? What does it have to do with me or with the people? And verse 7, check this out. And I heard a voice saying, he asked, now he's going to be told. I like that. And I heard a voice saying to me, Peter, get up and kill and eat. You got to be kidding me. Peter had never eaten anything unclean. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Our goal here is to equip you with God's Word so that you can experience His highest blessings in your life. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. And be sure to download our app for access to more faith-building resources. Now back to the final part of our study from Acts chapter 11. Verse 8. But I said, not so, Lord, how now, if God speaks to us and we say, Christ is my Lord, how can I say, not so, Lord? Either he's your Lord or he's not your Lord. The words here were given to Peter. Notice what he says. For nothing coming or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. I've never eaten anything unclean. And now you're showing me all these unclean animals. Peter refused to obey by using a strong word meaning here. 
Certainly not. Or, as modern language says, my put it, he gave it to a flat, no, I'm not going to eat. No, I'm not going to eat. But the voice answered me again, in communion with God. God's speaking to him. He's speaking to God. He says, he spoke to me again from heaven. What God has cleansed you must not call common. Listen, either God's in it or God is not in it. Did God really speak to you or did he not speak to you? Did God command you or did he not command you to do what you had to do? This is a command. Peter, I want you to eat. But Lord, not so. I never eat anything unclean. And the Lord says, well, I'm giving you the order to eat. Verse 10. And now this was done three times. Not one time, three times. How many times does God have to speak to us? How many times does he have to speak to you? How many times does he have to speak to me? Or how many times has he spoken to you? You see, they did not know that Gentiles could be saved. I mean, completely. I mean, they, God wanted to save them. The Jews didn't want them to be saved. But remember Ruth, remember Rahab, remember all these guys in the Old Testament. They were not Jews, and yet God allowed them to come into the Jewish faith. God used them. In verse 10, now it was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. So they were there, and then God took them away. Peter told his listeners the vision was repeated three times so they would know that he had not been carried away by any vision. And then, verse 11, and at that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was. Three men having been sent to me from Caesarea. The vision leaves, and here are three people that God is sending, three people. It's incredible the way God works. I mean, here's Peter praying, God shows him this vision, and God already is working as he's sending three people because God's going to clarify everything that God has told Peter to do. And I guess with God in each one of our lives, God can do the same thing. We get so um, anxious. We get so discouraged. We get so stubborn. We become so disobedient to the things that God wants to do in my life and through my life. And God was trying to get a message to Peter. Peter, it's okay for the Gentiles. It's okay to hang out with them. It's okay to eat their food. You're not unclean. You've become a Christian. You're not under the law any longer. You're under the grace of God. The grace of God. I love the grace of God. The unmerited favor that God has given to each one of us individually. Individually. In verse 12, then the Spirit told me, to go with them, doubting nothing, the Holy Spirit guiding Peter. And moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. These were seven Jews that were with him. And you can see how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit works in your life. The Holy Spirit works in my life. And so many times the Holy Spirit has warned me. The Holy Spirit has led me has spoken to me and say, it's okay, you can go now, or don't go anywhere, just sit and wait. The Holy Spirit plays a big part in our lives. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 13, he says, and he told us, this is Cornelius, the Gentile, remember that God saved, the Roman centurion. 
And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house. Peter has his vision, and Cornelius has his angel appear to him and begins to communicate with him, the Gentile with a Jew. Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose name, surname is Peter. Who's putting this all together? The Lord. They've never met. And the Holy Spirit. Notice, the angel speaks to Cornelius, and then Peter, the Lord shows up with Peter, and the Holy Spirit brings them both together, and God fulfills his word. Fulfills his word. I don't know if you ever had that situation where the Lord sent somebody your way and God has spoken to you about this person coming your way. It happens. And here Peter must have been blown away because he's probably wondering, well, why did I have this vision? Why did these animals show up? And the whole vision was not only eating, but what was he doing? He was breaking that line. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. There's a man by the name of Cornelius, and he has not only come to know me, he's a Gentile, and I'm going to break that line between the Jew and the Gentile to become one. And then verse 13 again. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by you and all your household will be saved. Cornelius, man, God loves your family. He's not only going to save you, he's going to save your whole family. Isn't that cool how God works? A further proof of God's leading here, Peter told how Cornelius reported to Peter six witnesses that he had seen an angel in his house. And not Cornelius' family who will tell it your words by which you and all your house or your family will be saved. And as I began to speak, Peter, as I began to speak, here it is, the Holy Spirit. Notice the accuracy of the Holy Spirit. Man, the dependency of the Holy Spirit. God has given us his Holy Spirit. Why is it that the church doesn't really use the Holy Spirit? Given to us. He's with you before you came to Christ. You accepted Christ. He came into your life. And now he's come upon your life. The Holy Spirit's power, I began to speak. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. Notice, upon them, epi. And upon us at the beginning. The way it happened to us, it happens to them now. The Holy Spirit coming upon them, Cornelius' family. And then I remember, Peter says, the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water. Who's that? John the Baptist. Remember Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 3, when John's baptizing out there in the wilderness by the Jordan River, and Jesus shows up. And Jesus comes up to him and said, John, you know, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And then Jesus tells John, John, I want you to baptize me. Lord, how can I baptize? You need to baptize me. And Jesus allows him. He says, now I need you to baptize me. He takes Jesus into the water. And the Bible says there's a voice that says, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. And as he comes out of the water, Jesus the voice, the Father, and as he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit. The Trinity of God is baptism. 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Man, how we need to be baptized. That's why he uses Acts 1.8. The Holy Spirit will make you witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. I need the Holy Spirit not only when I get up in the morning, when I go here, when I go there, in order to what? To witness to people. When I'm being tempted, I need the Holy Spirit. But if I'm not baptized by the Holy Spirit, what kind of power do I have? Zero. Zero. When he came to Jesus, remember in chapter 3 of Matthew, when they're not only being baptized with the Holy Spirit, when John takes them down, then he goes to the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights. The first thing that happens when he gets to the wilderness, the devil is there to tempt him. And this is God. This is Jesus. And the devil comes along three times. He tempts him physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And every time, what does the Lord Jesus do? He says, it is written, it is written, it is written. This is what the word of God says. He rebukes him, and the devil leaves. And imagine how Jesus, being the son of the living God, going out to the wilderness by the power of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit baptized him, the devil came along and tempted him, what will the Holy Spirit do in your life when the devil comes along and tempts you? The Holy Spirit will give you the power to say the Lord rebuked thee. That's what you need to say. The Lord rebuked thee, Satan. Not just the name. The Lord rebuked thee, Satan. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I tell you what, the devil fears that name. He fears it and he hates it. But that's what the Holy Spirit has given to each one of us individually. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And because of this, notice that therefore God gave the Gentiles the same gift as he gave us Jews when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? God did it not just to me, but the Gentiles also received salvation. Salvation. Salvation is for anyone that wants to be saved. How do we do it? We repent from our sins. What can you do without God? Nothing. What can I do with God? Everything. Because he is my life. He's governing my life. He's in my life. He goes with me wherever I go. And I pray and I ask him, Lord, what about this? What about that? I sit and I wait and then he speaks. And that's what we need as believers constantly as we read the scriptures. Because Peter goes on to say that God has given not only this Gentiles the gift of the Holy Spirit, verse 18, and when they heard these things, they became silent. Notice, they kept quiet. And they did what? And they glorified God. They glorified God. I love that. I love the way it happens here. And they heard these things and they became silent. There's a time to be silent. Time to be quiet. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted the Gentiles repentance to life.
We hope the account of Peter and Cornelius has challenged you to guard against allowing your emotions to dictate your behavior. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's program is available in its entirety by calling 800-634-9165. And for a gift of $5 or more, we'll send you a copy of today's lesson from Acts chapter 11. As you consider the importance of basing your decisions on God's Word, we'd like to tell you about an insightful resource. Rawls' four-lesson study of the Holy Spirit will instruct you in looking to this divine helper for wisdom and grace in your interactions with others. Available on either CD or a USB drive, you'll also find helpful clarity into how you can live out God's perfect will equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. To place your order, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your four-message thumb drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. That's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Don't hesitate to take advantage of all of our free resources. Look for us on iTunes and Spotify to download podcasts of any of these programs. And be sure to join Rawl for weekly straight talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Rawl is also available to personally answer your Bible questions and respond to your prayer requests. His email address is pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. Somebody Loves Your Radio with Raul Reese is fully listener-supported. Your tax-deductible gifts are such an encouragement, and we are grateful to partner with you. Join us next time as we return to Acts to ponder the Apostle Peter's unshakable devotion to God and his unwavering commitment to the gospel. Exploring what happened when Peter went to jail for his testimony, we'll get a challenge to evaluate our dedication to the Lord. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.